Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome everybody, Eddie Trunk here, and it's time for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, podcastone.com and iTunes. Hope you enjoyed my year in review special last week. Some of my highlights of 2017, some of the things I'm looking forward to in 2018. And here we are now into 2018, the 11th day of this new year. If you are listening to it on our uh, our podcast on post day, of course, new every Thursday as I just mentioned. So welcome to everybody around the world that listens, downloads, streams, however you check it out. Greatly appreciate you joining me each and every week for another all-new episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Boy, oh boy, busy, busy, busy start to this new year for me as uh, I just got off of the Moody Blues Cruise as you are hearing this podcast just a few days ago, as a matter of fact. A cruise that kind of came up last minute for me, but uh, it was a lot of fun to do. It was definitely something that was out of my comfort zone and wheelhouse in terms of the artists I normally deal with and talk to. I'm not going to lie to anybody and tell you that I am a massive Moody Blues fan or a huge fan of, uh, of all the artists that were on that cruise, but I certainly respect them. I certainly like learning about them. Certainly liked having them on my radio show, which I broadcast from the cruise, and broadening the horizons a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm driving my car around and cranking up Al Stort or the Zombies or the Moody Blues, for that matter. But I did vote for the Moody Blues and the Zombies for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because I believe they are deserving, and I uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the experience of being on that cruise and talking to some different artists. The second time I've interviewed John Lodge from the Moody Blues... And I had Rod Argent on, and I had Alan Parsons on, and I had, man, I discovered through Frank Hannon, actually, of Tesla, who was on the ship and playing solo. Uh, Frank told me all about this amazing Hendrix tribute, a guitar player by the name of Randy Hansen, 
Had a blast seeing him. My friends in the band Rock and Roll Residency, a great cover band from Nashville, spent a lot of time with them, spent a lot of time with Frank, and we really had a great, great time. And it was way more relaxed. You know, I'm on a lot of cruises three or four a year now that are music cruises that I'm lucky enough to broadcast my Sirius XM show from and sometimes host and do Q&As and things like that. And there's so much fun to do, and I am now getting into some different space in terms of music, doing the Moody Blues Cruise, and then also coming up soon, I'll be on the Cruise to the Edge, which is the Progressive Rock Cruise, and then that segues into Monsters of Rock and that cruise, which I've hosted every year since it started and is very, very much a direct hit in my wheelhouse. So, you know, you get into some different areas, and it's kind of fun to do that experience some different things and take in some new music and discover some stuff through the Moody Blues Cruise. I now discovered what I know a lot of people, especially on the West Coast, are well aware of, and that is Randy Hansen, but I had not heard of him. I was not aware of him. Frank Cannon told me about him. A bunch of other folks did as well, and I had a blast seeing him do his thing, and now I'm very much a fan. So whenever you go to a festival or a cruise where there's a bunch of different bands, maybe bands a little different than you're used to seeing, that to me is the real beauty of it. It gets you out of your comfort zone. And it gets you uh, maybe discovering some stuff you otherwise wouldn't have known about. And that was the great beauty of doing the the Moody Blues cruise, which it just came off of. Besides the fact that it was a beautiful ship, Celebrity Eclipse, and the weather was, although not perfect, pretty damn good and way better than the sub-zero temperatures that were uh, happening back home in New Jersey. So thanks to everybody who I met on board the cruise, all the artists that came by, all the people that helped me out with the broadcast, uh, all the engineers, all the assistants, everybody with On The Blue Cruises. And if you're on the Progressive Rock Cruise, Cruise to the Edge coming up, I'll see you on that, also doing my radio show, and also a cruise very much about discovery and new music and old music and, for me, finding out and learning about music. And then that segues into the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Before that, however... I will be at the Atlanta Kiss Expo on January 20th. I'll be doing a speaking Q&A hour there. Presumably be doing something with Vinnie Vincent there with my radio show on that Friday. So I'll get you more details as we get closer. It's been a little tough to get information. Hope to be able to have more definitive information on that very soon. And then on the 23rd, I fly to Los Angeles. And there I will be at the NAM show from the 23rd through the 28th. While there, I'll be hosting the Hall of Heavy Metal History Awards and also a Ronnie Montrose Remembered show. So if you're at NAM in Orange County, California, I'll see you out there for that as well. Then that segues into the cruises. So a lot of good stuff going on. Hope you guys can join me. And if you're out in those areas, keep an eye open for me. As I mentioned, often most of the radio, uh, the interviews, I should say, you hear on the Eddie Trunk podcast come from my radio show, which you can hear daily. On Sirius XM, it's live Monday through Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, replays every night 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, and is on demand on the Sirius XM app on Channel 106 Volume, that show called Trunk Nation. Also do a sixth radio show on Sirius XM most Mondays, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Channel 39, which is Hair Nation. That show has not been on in recent weeks due to holidays and conflicts with my volume show. Scheduled to return to do a live show there on the Monday night show on the 22nd of January. 
As usual, best thing to do is keep an eye on my Twitter, at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the website. There's also Instagram and Facebook, at Eddie Trunk as well. Good way to connect, good way to keep up with what I have going on, having a look there. What else do I need to tell you before we get to our interview? Oh, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. How could you forget that? Be sure to go there. Start all your Amazon shopping on my homepage on Amazon. Look for some items that I've handpicked and put up there and buy them if you want or go on to other areas of the Amazon site. Just start at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. This week for the Eddie Trunk podcast, I will bring you an interview with Tom Kiefer. Of course, Tom Kiefer is the is best known as the lead singer, the songwriter, the guitarist of the band Cinderella, who were very popular in the 80s. Recently, Tom has consistently been working on his solo career for the last three or four years, released his first ever uh, solo album a number of years ago called The Way Life Goes, continues to work that record. Not too long ago, put out a special edition of it that featured some guest appearances and a remake of, of Cinderella's uh, uh, night songs was it night songs that they did anyway uh, a cinderella tune done with tom Kiefer and lizzie hale guesting on the track with a special edition of the way life goes that's out there right now and tom is a, a, a good friend and a, a great talent and is a guy that is totally committed oh, i'm sorry they did nobody's fool together tom Kiefer and lizzie hale but tom is totally committed to his solo band, which is a stellar band, and his solo career. There are many that have been calling for a Cinderella reunion. There have been many that have made offers for a Cinderella reunion. I can tell you if you are among those people, it is not likely to happen. By every account and from everybody I've been able to talk to, including Tom himself, he is very, very much committed to his solo band. And I give Tom a lot of credit, and I've said this quite often, in a day and age where you see people in seven, eight, five, three, two different bands at the same time at least, and popping up on everyone's records and showing up everywhere, Tom Kiefer has been steadfast in his commitment to one thing, and that is developing and building his solo career and his own band which, like I said, is a truly, truly great band. So Tom talks a little bit about that, this special edition of The Way Life Goes. This interview was done actually probably back around November, I want to say, of last year, but it's still very relevant and very current and very fresh. And I wanted to bring it to you this week for the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Get a lot of questions that people ask me about Tom. Get some of those insights for you right now and maybe some of those answers as well. Tom Kiefer coming up. As my guest on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you guys are looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with the term MSRP. You might even know what it stands for, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. And all you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? 
Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hi, this is Ben Dominich, the host of the Federalist Radio Hour. We're a daily show coming to you five days a week from Washington, D.C., where we interview our nation's top journalists, politicians, authors, chefs, economists, entertainers, and more. If you're looking for a contrarian discussion on news, politics, or culture, give us a listen and subscribe at podcastone.com, the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, let's get into it right now. Tom Kiefer, my guest on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. How are you, Eddie? I'm good. You just got into New York. A nice ride from Nashville. Yeah, we came up from, we had a couple days off after some shows and uh, got a little rest at home and jumped on the bus last night and headed up here. So we're like fresh off the bus. That, and that's how you've been doing it for a little while, like a little run, like five, six, then take a break, five, six. That's what you've been doing lately, right? Yeah, that's been, uh, you know, Nashville's a great place to do that out of, you know. Um, just jump on a bus. You can get, get just about anywhere that's east of the Rockies. If if we go out west, we fly out there and meet a bus out there and truck our gear out. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great location for that kind of traveling. I was going to say, you don't own a bus, do you? No, because no, I know that's... some artists that do do that. They just buy it and then they just kind of roll like that. Yeah, you know that's a lot of maintenance. Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's I've, it. Not even the cost I've of buying it. I've heard horror stories about you know owning a bus. It's not I don't... <laughs> <laughs> when it breaks down. Call somebody else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, then it's their problem, not yours. So let me ask you, man, because you had another little setback as far as a vocal thing, where you know took you out of action for a little bit. How you doing now? What was that about? Pretty good. Um, you know, it's. Um... Just tore up the left cord back in June a bit, you know, needed some laser surgery to repair some blood vessels that had gone awry. And um, we had to take off about two months and reschedule some shows, but we've been back at it. We've done about, I think, four shows now, and uh, it's feeling good. You know, I'm building a little bit of endurance and strength back. That's always something you have to go through after you have surgery because it it just feels different, you know, because typically when you have surgery, there's maybe something that's been bubbling there for a while that you've gotten used to singing with, and then it gets taken out of the way, and you're, you're kind of learning how to negotiate it again. So, But it, it feels great. The, so, the four shows we've done have been killer so, so what why did they why did that happen did you get to the i mean i'm not because for people that don't know tom has had and it, it leads into the making of the way life goes it had a had major major vocal issues that he had to overcome which you which again sounding amazing all these years but why did this happen to you now is it related to what had happened before well y- yes and no i mean it's a different condition it's uh this was a, a hemorrhage that happened and and that is an occupational hazard for any rock and roll singer because you're pushing your voice to the max every night and you know things get swollen they get inflamed you get blood vessels that start to get irritated and you know if one pops you know that's not a good thing you know sometimes you sing through them you don't even know it but if it's in the wrong well, let's say the right spot, you know it, and and you're, you need to get it dealt with. So um, being that it is an occupational hazard, if you're pushing your voice all the time, 
probably the neurological condition that really is what took my voice out for so long and was the struggle to come back from. You know, I, I still have that condition. It's still a weakness that will always be there. So, you know, maybe I'm more susceptible to that kind of thing. But, you know, I've, I've trained my voice pretty rigorously. So I am cross my fingers, you know, I, I think I'm you know, able to ne- negotiate it, right. you know, most of the time. But like I said, that, that this type of injury can happen to anybody. It had to be, though, for you, I would imagine, with everything you've endured and everything you worked to get back and be so strong and make this record and do all this touring you've done for this record, it, I, I imagine mentally it probably it was a little bit of a scare, I would think, when something went south again, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, like, freaked out yeah like big time freaked out until you got to the bottom of what was going on yeah well even after that because it's like well you know is this going to happen again you know it gets in your head so um but you have to put that out of your head the the first night going back out on stage you know obviously you're thinking about it i think we're trying to think where we were the first night I don't even remember now. <laughs> it was like four shows ago. But you've done um, about four since you've been back. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I was you know freaked out. But then you get up there and the adrenaline hits, and you just do your thing, you know. And you know, you you kind of go into it thinking, "Man, I'm going to be careful tonight," and that's really the worst thing you can do <laughs> because then you're thinking about it, and you're you know you don't want to do that. You want to just do your thing, and you know you got to get out there. You got to run, and. How did you know you were ready for that show? Like, did they give you a timetable or you just did some stuff at home and you're like, okay, it's back. I feel right. I mean, how how did you know that that was the right time to come back? The doctor gave us a timetable before he even performed the surgery. I mean, he looked at it. He's he's the best in the business, um, Dr. Zytel up in Boston. And he, you know, he said, look, you need this X amount of recovery time. This is when I'm going to do the surgery. And, you know, and he was right. And we got in, we did some rehearsals a, a week or so before we went out to do the shows. And I got to, in a controlled environment with the band at SIR, you know, just kind of ease into it. And, you know, it's, um, like I said, it's, you ever it, say it's your, happened a lot to a lot of singers. I was going to say, you ever say to yourself, man, I should just be a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> Let somebody else deal with the singing shit. Well, you know, that's, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I it, mean, you've got such a tremendous voice, it would be a shame for, for us to have never had heard you sing all these great songs. But I, I, I imagine there's a certain point because... I, we were just talking about before you got here, Klaus from Scorpions just canceled the rest of their tour. He's having a vocal issue, and he has had that in the past. Um, you know, we, we've seen this sort of stuff happen, and you feel for guys that are singers because the, the guitar player is not feeling good or not right. You can get up there and you can just bash it out. But when you've got – when your voice is that instrument, man, it's – it's, it's, an, it's- it's a responsibility. Yeah. It, it really is. And, it, it you know, it, I, I don't think there's any singer, you know, on the planet, particularly rock singer, that at some point doesn't have some kind of issue. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's like the hardest thing in the world when you've got a date and you're ready to go do it and a doctor looks you in the eye and says, <laughs> you can't. And the first thought is, yeah, I'm going to go do it anyway. I mean, that's literally the first thought. We were, I think we played Columbus and th- this is the story of the recent injury, right? We did a show in Columbus, and for the next couple of days, my speaking voice was just really hoarse, like unusually hoarse. After the gig. Yeah. and But I'd go to sing, and I'd be like, yeah, the vo- my singing voice was like, seemed okay. So the speaking voice did not clear up. So we were scheduled to go on a like a three or four show run like a few days later, and the day we were leaving, 
I said to Savannah, I said, I got to go get this looked at. This doesn't feel right. So this is the day, like, you know, bus call day. And the doctor, he looks down there and it's just like, dude, no, you can't. And the first thought is, yeah, I'm going to go. Mm. <laughs> so you have to. And then but, you but run then, the risk of really yeah, wrecking it. Look, that's the first thought, though. I, I'll get away with it. I'll be cool. But you can't. You know, obviously you have to. So that's what I mean. That's the there's a decision point that you have to go. You know, you have to make the call and it, it sucks. It's, yeah. it's really hard because, you know, for a you're looking forward to the shows. You know, that's what we love to do. And you don't want to let the fans down. And but um there's when, when you can't do it you can't do it so and of course your your wife savannah is here who's in the band and is also a singer she hasn't really she's a little mic shy she doesn't want to talk too much but <laughs> i don't know i can't <laughs> she's hear not she's that saying. shy <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i mean uh have you got uh, savannah come up here for real real quick please one second because having having You've got other great singers in this band. I mean, people come to see Tom Kiefer and your name is on the ticket and it's it's your songs and, and all that. But you've got the luxury of having your wife, who's a great singer, and, and Kendra in the band, and, and Tony sings so well, too. Yeah, everybody so that's, sings. So that's got to be a nice sort of, um, I guess, security blanket. It to- certainly is. I mean, it's like a – it's – Safety in numbers, you know, it's so nice when you hit those big choruses where everybody's singing. It sounds you know? amazing. And it, it, it inspires you and it it's there's just something, you know, we have a chemistry vocally this band that um and it inspires me and it, it helps me get through, you know, because you you know when those choruses hit, you you got some you know, it's it's just I don't know. It just it's I can't describe it, you know. I haven't been in a band that had that kind of a vocal chemistry before, and I know you've commented a, about it a bunch because you've been at shows and it. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, the it's, whole thing, and, and in this day and age where I've, I just talked about this with Lizzie Hale, who we're going ties into this record actually. I just saw Lizzie last week because Lizzie was uh, just had to cancel some shows because she was not feeling well, and it's ironic because two days before that came out, I was with her in in Louisville and we were talking about it, and she said, "Well." in the statement she said well if i was just like half of the bands i get up and jam with running everything on tracks and all the mm-hmm. vocals were fake i could have gotten up and yeah. done it too but i prefer to keep everything real and i think that is a, te- a great great thing for the bands and artists that do that like hailstorm like yourself because unfortunately it's becoming increasingly easier and common for people to just go and, and play to a track and that's something that to me isn't very rock and roll so it's not at all and i think you know and and i look i'm not knocking anyone that does that everyone they present i the, am they present <laughs> all right <laughs> all right then i will too then <laughs> come on tom <laughs> no but i'll give you my thoughts on it yeah, i mean personally you know i've never done it but i can't imagine being tied to a click track on stage and not being able to go with the ebb and flow of the energy and the yeah. adrenaline and the crowd of the night you know i'm okay with the song tempo taking off a little bit if the audience <laughs> wants it to do that you know it's like like i mean that's you, you got to have some reckless abandon chaos and angst or it's not rock and roll and so I, I could never do that. And Liz, Lizzie said she, some band, I don't remember what band, wanted her to get up and jam, and the singer was freaking out. The tracks haven't come in yet. Oh, my God, I can't do it, and canceled the show because of it. And I was like, oh, my God. So it's not even, for me, it's not even so much of knocking 
the people who do it, which I guess I am doing it and I still feel that way. But I think the people who don't do it should be celebrated and get the acknowledgement that they don't. I saw Sticks not too long ago. Tommy Shaw walked to the front of the stage and he said, I just want everybody to know everything you're hearing coming off of this stage is 100% real and 100% in the original key. So it's yeah. nice to see the guys that are putting the work in saying, hey, you know, raising their hand and taking the credit for it, as they should. Yeah, you get the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, I mean, I hit bad notes here and there, you know. That's it, rock and roll. Yeah, it's, it's part of the experience, man. Savannah, I wanted, I wanted to bring <laughs> there's you. There's seven of us. Who do. Yeah, there's seven of us. So you, you, what you pray for is that you hit that bad note when everyone's singing. <laughs> Savannah, does he try to pawn some of it off on you sometimes? Well, that must have been Savannah that hit that note. Not no, couldn't have been Tom he Kiefer. completely owned. <laughs> It. That's one thing I appreciate about him. Right in the middle of the show, he'll just say, that was me. <laughs> that was me. I hit a clam. It was my... <laughs> we had our anniversary on the stage the other Just night. get up on that mic so we can hear you, please. Um, you had your anniversary of the band or being married? Uh, being married on stage. And he decided, Thick and Thin is a really hard song for him to sing. And having just had the surgery and still kind of, you know, getting his legs back. Um, I was surprised that he was going to attempt that, but he did, and right in the middle of it, there's a big clam, and he just, right on mic, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I, you I apologized the wrong, in the song? Yeah, oh, I, hit, yeah. I hit the wrong bass note with the, you know, the left hand and the right hand were not lining up. But I told him before I started, you know, it's our anniversary, and there's no way I'm not singing this thing. I wrote it for her. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh I said, forgive me for, uh, you know, what's about to happen, because I haven't played this in about three months. And I gave her roses, you know, because I don't get you out of anything. Right? So. But I love only that, one clam. Only I love one. that you gave a disclaimer before. Yeah, I mean, look. That's you know, awesome. Like... Well, that afternoon, he said, I think I'm going to do Thick and Thin. And I just said, are you sure? Because it just, that's right in that middle part of his voice. How, how many years have you guys been married? Fifteen. Fifteen. What is the secret to maintaining a 15-year-old, 15-year marriage in the music rock and roll industry? I mean, that's uh, that's uh, that's no small feat. By- um, marry the right person. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I knew I was going to give that to her because I knew she'd have the perfect answer. That's what it's about. I yeah. mean, when you're with the right person, it's you know. And we work together, we write together, we produce the record together, and people always ask, like, aren't you at each other's throats all the time? And the answer is like, no. How did you guys meet? Gosh, years and years and years ago. Um, long before you were married? Yeah. We met before we were married. Yeah, I'm saying a long, but no, no, no. <laughs> long, long. You said long, long. Like, were you? A did you meet long. 30 years ago and get married 15 years ago? It was an arranged marriage, and then, and then we met each other. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, were you, were you, did you know each other for a long time before yes. you were married? Yeah, we were We did. absolutely did. We, okay. um... We were together for five years before we got married. Okay. And then married for 15. But before that, we were friends. We worked together. We wrote together. So we kind of run the gamut every relationship. <laughs> and I've been, trying to, I've been trying to think about this. When, because I've said this to you many times, Tom, both on and off the air, I give you a tremendous amount of credit in, in this day and age where everyone is in five bands at the same time. And I have people in here that one week they're promoting something and then a week later they're coming in to promote another band they're doing somewhere else that you have really, really 
put your shingle up with this record and this band that you've really, really committed to it. When did The Way Life Goes come out originally? Is it like four years ago? 2013. Four years ago. Yeah. And you've been touring and supporting and sticking by working this record consistently since then. Yeah. I mean, you've literally been on four years and counting a tour and supported this record. Yes. And I imagine a lot of that comes from the fact that not only are you committed to it, but with you put, like, what, 13 years into making it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, including the writing, yeah. I mean, the actual kind of cutting tracks and all was about nine-ish, ten, but... Um, you know, there's there's a lot of facets to what you're asking right now about as to why, you know... Because um, you are the guy as a writer and as a musician and as a singer that could pop up on 15 other yeah. people's records and have three other bands going and all that. But, you, but I find it really refreshing that you... Here's where Tom Kiefer... Yeah. This is Tom Kiefer. It, it's been a work in progress. You know, um, when the record was released, it was very, like, very well received. And the label that put it out did a great job you know with the with the first single solid ground and uh you know there was somewhere along the line there there was a, a bit of we'll call it for lack of a better word a, a corporate shake-up little business where that the music got caught in the middle of and uh the record was actually pulled for the last it's been not available really for the last couple oh, really? of years so there's been some um there was a bit of let's say lawyering to get the master back and in the meantime we just stayed on the road because the band, you know, in answer to your question of being able to keep one band together, it's kind of like what she said about a marriage. It's like, well, if, if it's the right people, it's not that hard. And this, it hasn't been hard. Everyone's, I mean, you've been around right. the band. And I mean, great, it's great people. Yeah. So um, that hasn't been hard. And, you know, the other facet to the whole thing is, you know, the record took off like, boom, really was, it had a great start. And then it had this legal issue or whatever and kind of went away and, and, the band, you know, it's like starting over with the band. And we've been having such a good time out there that we just stay on the road. And it's been growing and growing and growing. And, you know, Rome's not built in a day. And this is something new. And it's been really, really cool to watch it grow into what it's been in, what it's grown into. And like I said, when you're with the right people, it just, it hasn't even felt like four years. It, it, it really hasn't. No, it hasn't. And when we come off the road for any period of time, even a few days, everyone's texting, wanting to be back, be yeah. back on the bus. So, I mean, and that's we, a huge thing, especially after all the years that you put in touring with Cinderella and all the time on the road. What most artists want more than anything is to have a drama-free friends, family sort of vibe on the road. It's it's actually pretty rare, unfortunately. Tom Kiefer getting ready to kick off some more tour dates, including this Wednesday here in New York City at BB Kings. And then he continues to roll from there. So wherever you are listening around the country, go to Tom's website, see if there's a date near you or coming to you. Is it just TomKiefer.com? Is that the site? That's the website, yes. Yep, that's where you would go. Now, you have this new edition of The Way Life Goes, the deluxe edition. Is it out now? It comes out October 20th, but you can pre-order now. October 20th pre-order. You we were talking a little bit about your decision to reissue this record. It had been unavailable for a while and then what you've you've done here I'm looking at the packaging looks amazing. So talk about the the thought process in putting this out and giving it another fresh coat of paint so to speak. Well, it was, you know, something that we had talked about actually in 2014, you know, not long after the record had been released. Um there was talk of it but it just went on the back burner and then we had the issues the 
with the record kind of going away and having to deal with that and still not really sure all the details there but um we got the when we got the master back last year um we wanted to put it out as the deluxe edition that we'd been talking about and by that time there'd been so many cool creative things that had come our way that were a result of this record like um the artist himself who did the entire new art package you know came about as a result of this record being released and him doing caricatures of the songs and and the band and we thought well this would be a great art package for it and um we started thinking about bonus tracks and the two that came to mind instantly were to do help from my friends which we've been recording or playing with this band since the first night we ever played together. it's an amazing highlight of the live show for people who have not seen tom live it's and it's our first creative incredible. collaboration as a band and actually savannah suggested that and i was like eh, i'm not doing joe cocker you know that's a hero and i don't you know but she twisted my arm and we got into the into rehearsals and we tried it and it felt really great and we started playing it and we've just had countless requests for a studio version of it and then the other one that came to mind immediately was the duet with lizzie hale of nobody's fool because we did ended up doing dates together on the way life goes tour and we sang that song together many times on stage tons of requests for a studio version of that so it's like well what do you do with these songs well they kind of feel like part of this record so we decided last year different from most deluxe editions where it's usually stuff that's left over we purposely recorded these songs as you know because they felt like they came about as a uh, uh, inspired by the the touring of the record we went in with vance powell last year and, and the whole band and it's the first time we recorded together as a band and i'm happy to say that the live chemistry translated very well into the studio so um vance was a killer producer and lizzie was in there and we knocked out nobody's fool and it it's uh really really sounds great the chemistry there is killer and the chemistry with our band on help from my friends is just you know what you've heard many times live and it's um good stuff i mean it's and there's a substantial amount of stuff on here. This isn't like there's just that. You've got a, you've got. I'm, I'm just looking at the the packaging now. Nobody's full piano vocal. Is that just you and the piano? It's an alternative mix that we weren't expecting. It was a pleasant surprise from uh, Kyle, who who mixed the uh, the tracks for us. And uh, after he mixed the uh, you know the first version, the kind of like straight up version, he said, "I got something else I want you to hear." And uh, uh, you just have to hear it. It's 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 cool. It's a very different approach to the song. And while I've and I and I've seen you so many times over the course of the 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 history of this record and you always have uh, our friend Tammy trailing you taking video, taking photos and stuff like that. So she is behind the documentary the the DVD is that where the con the DVD content comes from of the last 4 years or so? Yes, there's um the documentary that's on the bonus DVD is her in the studio with us with Vance Powell recording these bonus tracks. And I told her, hide cameras, do whatever you want. Just make it feel like people are in the room with us. And it's, uh, you know, it includes interviews with everybody, the band and Vance and, and Lizzie. And it's got, um, you know, footage of us working together. And it's it's like you're in there. It's a very intimate look at what goes on in the studio and how this band works together. And it's a uh, fly on the wall. Yeah, Very, yeah. Well, I'd like to so say just you li literally. T just, Tammy's amazing. I mean, it's it's got such an artistic feel to it the way she did it that um, 
it's really cool. Yeah, I just literally was, unfortunately, I haven't seen any of this because I just got it now, but I'm looking forward to watching it and, uh, and checking it out. You're the first on your block. Yeah, exactly. The Way Life Goes Deluxe Edition from Tom Kiefer out October 20th, and you can pre-order now and you get this double disc set with all this bonus stuff. Has it felt like, for both of you, when you when you think back of how this whole campaign for this started and where you're at now, did you ever... What what have been some of the ups and downs? I mean, a lot of people talk about how difficult it is, even if you're an established artist. Here's Tom Kiefer coming from a major band with so many hits with Cinderella and all that. You still have to work. You still have to build it almost like you're starting from from ground zero again. It is starting over. There's a big misconception, I think, with a lot of fans, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people that break away from a major band and the security that comes with that and and the the name value that comes with that and do something on their own. Not everybody immediately comes over. Not everybody figures it out. You've got to really put the work in. So when you look back on these four years, how do you feel about how the how the arc has gone? Is is it where you want it to be? Do you feel the growth? You know, I, I believe in taking life one day at a time. And I think when you have expectations, you usually end up disappointed in life. So um, I think it was, a, you know, when we first started, it was a little bit of an education. You know, it was pretty obvious early on that, okay, you're starting over. <laughs> but and I think to the point that you make about people jumping from a band and they start something new, I think when they get that taste of reality is why you say they, they end up back wherever, you know. So um, the only thing I can say about the last four years has just been absolutely amazing to us. I mean, there's been challenges, but none of them outweigh the fun that we've had doing this. And taking this music out and sharing it with the people and playing it with the people that we're riding on this bus with. It's, I, I got nothing bad to say about it. You know, <laughs> I can't complain about anything in my career or my life. You know, it's just life's a journey and, and here we are and we're having a great time doing it. Savannah, anything you want to add? How's it well, been for you? Well, you know, you're in a band with your husband now for the last four years. How's, how's the whole journey been for you? Well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't no, know you were going to be on the road and do this this no. whole time? <laughs> Good Lord, no. <laughs> no, it started off just being in the studio. I don't even think there was a, a thought of a record. It just started off writing songs and going out and slowly recording music. And and like he said in the beginning, it was a bit of an education for both of us. And we thought, wow, once we did make the record and the band was together and we started out but we've just we've enjoyed every step of the way and now that being said it is kind of fun now there's certain nights that we'll be at certain shows and we'll walk off stage and say wow think about think about three and a half years ago when we were at I'm not going to name any rooms but such and such room it's all kind of changing you know it's energizing. It, it, it it's takes, like literally, you know, we'll walk off, you know, a, a certain shows and go, man, how do we get here? You know, <laughs> so you feel like a kid again. You yeah. know, it's it's cool. Yeah. It's, no, you do. And it's it's still growing. So Have just, you toured outside of America? 
much? Have you done anything outside uh, of the U.S.? We've been to Canada, and we did a, a three-week tour in Europe back in 2015. How did that go? Was Cinderella big in Europe? Did you guys get um, over out of the country done, much? We didn't go over there a lot, but we did well um, when we'd go over to tour. Um, surprisingly, um, the the crowds in Europe for the solo thing were amazing. I mean, I didn't know what to expect because, like, here, like we've said, it was like kind of like starting over. It's like, oh, okay, here's where we are. And then they booked this Europe tour, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, it's expensive to be over in Europe. You right. know, is, this, <laughs> is this really going to work? You know? And we got over there, and it's, uh, you know, the crowds were really amazing. Uh, you know, it was, it was cool. And, and you want me to tell this story on that, or? You could tell anything. That, that's you unfortunately want. the the you know when Savannah had the appendix issue oh, and she wasn't right, able right, right. to go for it. But um, what I did was you know we usually sing "Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone" together right. every night, and I called from Europe every night and put my phone on her chair on the stage, and the audience sang the song to her no every wonder night. why you've been married 15 years you're a romantic <laughs> son of a bitch Tom i told Cooper. you <laughs> the right figured, the right gosh, he should write a book about uh the, the it, great it was, romance it was pre- of rock and roll it was pretty amazing because people were anticipating because there's so many videos of it so they were anticipating that and you know you know we talked about that online it happened so sudden we were down in texas and she got rushed it's to the hospital appendix, and yeah so um and the book tour was booked so that's that's how you know, so she could be part of the show. Every you know what night I'm thinking of, though. Hold on, this is where my mind goes. That would have been happening somewhere around 10 p.m., which means he's calling you at like three, four in the morning. I would have been like, "Get out of here, Tom! I'm trying to sleep." <laughs> She's a night owl. <laughs> me too, but three, four in the morning, a bunch of Europeans yeah. singing to me. I'd be over it after the second night. Okay, I get it. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> well, after that surgery, you don't sleep very well. Yeah. <laughs> Not I, for very long periods of time. So you know, and the reason why I asked you if Cinderella was big or not there is because that can be a bit of a two-edged sword in other words if if the band had not registered on the radar very much in say europe right and you go there as tom Kiefer, they're just looking at you as tom Kiefer solo act judging you by this record oh yeah he had another band we because the reverse of that is really interesting in alter bridge the band alter bridge is huge in europe they're an arena act in europe here in America, still clubs, small theaters, mm-hmm. right? And I asked Mark Tremonti about that, the guitar player, one day. I said, why do you think that is? Why did it happen? He goes, you know why? He said, Creed, which Alter Bridge is Creed with Miles Kennedy singing. It's the same guys. He said, Creed was never big in Europe. So they look at Alter Bridge as just Alter Bridge. There's no preconceived ideas of what it was. Right. He said, where in America, Creed was huge, so we're looked at as Creed with a different singer. So we're having a harder time punching through. We're over there. Creed was nothing. He said, so we just got looked at for and judged for what we were doing now. Yeah, it's it's completely different worlds, you know. Yeah. So it's they, they view things and kind of take their music in differently. And things are promoted differently on the two different continents. And yeah. it's, you know, it's a different, totally different thing. Like I said, I was shocked. Just because of the experience we had here of like, you know, in the beginning. And we went over there and it was like, you know, crowds were amazing right off the bat. So, Have you thought about or been writing music for a second record? Yes. And, and you know, that's, to me, any good record starts with songs. And that's something that you just cannot rush. 
And the, the Way Life Goes was such a work in progress for such a long time. And then when it was finally released and we started touring again, it's like that begins the process of what I call filling the well. You know, you're out on the road, you're doing what you love to do, you're meeting people, you're having experiences. And that's when the seeds of songs start to get in your head and you get that those ideas where a line with a melody hits you and it's just playing in the back of your head. And there's a bunch of those piling up. And I know for me, I've got a bunch and Savannah's got a bunch. And um, we're going to record a follow-up record to The Way Life Goes. We're hoping to be in the studio the end of next year and we're going to do that with you know the band. Right, because the live band that you have is not the band that actually played on the record. So, no. you, but but you've, I imagine, it built a great chemistry with that band because you've been doing all these shows. So yeah, and we did great. the bonus. And they did the bonus bonus tracks. tracks yeah, right. and that, and like I said earlier, the the chemistry that you know you've witnessed live right. had translated into the studio, which it doesn't always that doesn't always work that right. way. So uh, that was that was the. Um, the icing on the cake there to have that happen because yeah. that's not always the case that was a really cool in, kind of ending to this project too because the original record was just it was just us over a really long period of time you know with musicians and producing it ourselves so being able to go in with the band and they're all so creative and everybody brought you know, everybody had things they brought to the table. Plus, we had a producer in the room, so things were moving a lot. It, it was a really different experience yeah. to what happened on the original record. And it also was great because, you know, until you go in and you do that as a band, you don't know how it's going to work out. Right. So, you know, Every- we're, we're thinking about the future and what we want to do next. So it was it was such a happy few days saying, oh, my gosh. This is going to be great, making the next record. So Yeah, not only did the musical chemistry translate really well the the working together in terms of creativity was was just great i mean everybody brought you know something to the table so and that's important right all right well i promised the audience a chance to say hello to you so we're going to take those calls and we will talk to and start the conversation with greg who is in pennsylvania hey greg you're first up what's going on man hey i'd love the show thank you greg Hey Tom and Tom's wife, how are you? <laughs> Good. How you doing? Savannah is right here. Um, I I think I I grew up. And I still live in Broomall, PA, Delaware County. Uh huh. Now I also I also heard you you were from Springfield, the next town over. Uh, where are you uh, from? S- Springfield, Delaware County. That's where I was born and raised. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, you know how the like you hear. Oh, he's from here. He's from there. But. Uh, yeah, I still live here and huge Cinderella fan. I still have the cassettes and the CDs. Um, I hope all is well. Well, thank you, my friend. Just check it in yeah. from the neighborhood, huh, Greg? Life is good. <laughs> all right, thank you for the call, man. Let's say hello to Grace, who's in New Jersey. Hi, Grace. How are you? Awesome. Awesome. How um, are you? I just to... I'm great. Tom, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you. I'm so excited. You were my first concert, oh, God, back in, like, 86, 87. I saw Sex Room with um, Bon Jovi. Oh, yes, I remember that well. I think, I think uh, yes, that that was a, that was a, a great th- tour with them, and I remember playing the Spectrum. I think, like, we did four nights there with, with John. That would have been Bon Jovi yeah. on the Slippery Tour, Slippery right? Tour, and yeah. you guys on your first record. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I guess, God, I guess I was, like, 11 years old. I'm not even kidding you. Um and my cousin actually met you. We had backstage passes, but I didn't. He 
met you before the show and then afterwards, you know, we couldn't get, you know, to meet you guys or whatever. But I mean, I've liked you ever since I was like 11 years old. I mean, Cinderella is just, and you no, know, your, your solo stuff is just awesome. Well, thank you and, very uh, much. I appreciate you listening all these years. It means a lot. Oh God. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all part of my, you know, my hairband kind of, not hairband. I hate saying that. So do but, I. You know, bad word, bad word, derogatory. <laughs> we need to kill that word if we want these bands to evolve and go forward. I know, I know, I know, and I know you hate that word. I de- rally against I, it all the time. I know, because I listen to you, like, almost every day. Oh, thank you, but, Grace. Uh, yeah, no, and you're awesome, too. I, I've met you a few times myself, and you're a great guy, too. Well, thank um, you, Grace. Now that you've complimented everybody, I'm going to let you go and move on, but I appreciate you calling and listening. Thank you very much, uh, just because we got a ton of calls here, but thank you for listening. Let's talk to uh, Jason, who's in Mississippi. Hey, Jason. Hey, y'all. Um, I just wanted to say... Tom and, and Miss Savannah, thank y'all for getting your music, getting me through some very dark times. I had the pleasure. It's my favorite. The Way Life Goes is my favorite record of all time. Um, and I got to see y'all a few years ago when y'all played a small little club in Jackson. And uh, I got to actually meet you guys after the show. And uh, Tom, I got to talk to you about our love of, both mutual love of Johnny Winter. Absolutely. And, uh, also, yes, sir. And also, uh, I had my sister on the phone. And you actually took time and talked to her on the phone, and uh, that made the you know made her entire world. And I just wanted to say thank you because I've been a fan since I got Night Songs on cassette when I was ten years old, and uh, I just love you guys' music. And I'll hang up now and let somebody else get to play. Well, well, nice talking to you, brother, and thanks so much for yes, uh, for you. the support. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate the call. Um, before we get to the inevitable question here, which is going to come up any second here with any of these calls, let's just cut it off at the pass. Uh, are you in touch with the other your former Cinderella bandmates? Are you in touch with the guys at all? Man, not not for a while. No, it, it is. You know, everybody's kind of just off doing their own thing. And you I know, just saw just, Fred over the week as I was in L.A. Uh, the last time I saw Fred was at we played L.A. earlier in the year, and he he was there with with Amy as well. He's and, doing real well with scoring, and he's got the TV thing with the night. Yeah, he's shift. doing great. Really good for him, and really of good. course Eric's playing with, with Brett. Yeah, Brett great. Michaels these days. That's awesome too for him. I think that's a great gig for him. And did I hear that Jeff is in culinary school? He's going to be a chef. Yes, we've heard that he's learning to cook. Yeah, was he a good cook in well, the Cinderella he's always, days? He's always cooked. I think he's so. always cooked. Yeah, yeah. I think right. so. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he had. I mean, I knew recently, but I didn't know that he was always, that was always a, a, a thing. Is And I know you're asked this all the time, and you're probably tired of hearing about <laughs> it and asking it, but you know every fan wants yeah. to know this. You're building this. You're establishing this solo thing. And I know you've said recently that this is where you're hanging your hat these days, and you don't have an interest in going back to, to doing Cinderella. Is that pretty much in, in your rearview mirror at this point? Yeah. it's You know, I mean, it's been talked about a lot. There's been a lot of interviews that have addressed this not just myself but other members um it's just you know life evolves and things change and um i think that the uh it was it took a number of years for the wheels to come off that and it happened slowly it took a long time but i think the wheels are off and you know it's i've, I've found a new home here and yeah. and there's one other thing that i didn't know somebody mentioned johnny winter and I always meant to mention this to you, and I did not know. I did not know you were part of the secret society of UFO slash Michael Shanker fans. You and I, in all the years that we've known each other, I don't know if we've ever had that conversation. We did one time, I think, at Farm Rock. 
right before I was walking on the stage, I said something about Michael Shanker. <laughs> I was going to say right and, before one of us got ripped off yeah. <laughs> by that promoter, because I sure as hell did. <laughs> one of the ones we didn't get. I, I'm pretty sure we did. And you, were, and you had this big look in your eye like, wow, like we, like I just joined your club or something. It was like, but we, we didn't talk about it extensively. But yeah, I mean, Michael Shanker just, I mean... My favorite record, and I just talked about this in an, in an interview where they were talking about 10 records that change your life. Well, and, I saw that. That's yeah. why I brought it up. And that's really hard to pick because it's just like, okay, well, there's like a million, you know, really. But you but, picked Obsession, right? Yeah, which is just, I mean, his guitar, the songs are great. I mean, right. a, amazing songs, but his that's one of my favorites in terms of his guitar. The, the lead playing on that and the rhythm parts is just so great. And he always had that. He, you know, he walked that line between, you know, he, he had the technical thing and the speed, but he had the taste and the blues and just one of my favorite guitarists of all time. Yeah, right? the crazy thing about Obsession is is that he's almost playing lead throughout the whole record if you listen to it, but he's playing so melodically it's almost <laughs> like chords. It's, it's just, like yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, and, but, but I'm above and beyond Michael, who, of course, is amazing. I love UFO. Oh, as I a, do, like, yeah. Phil is a singer and, yeah. and, and lyricist, and I even love the, the Paul Chapman records and some of the recent stuff they did with Vinnie Moore, but oh, well, we can do hours on this yeah. one of these days. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, and I say Secret Society because it's like guys like Kirk Hammett and I became friends over our love of UFO and it's like wow you you know about all that and it's because they never went over the hump in a huge way commercially unfortunately in America at least but yeah probably only you can rock me was their biggest lights out lights out yeah yeah yeah. I just got done reading Pete Way's autobiography and uh, when you finish that book you're you're amazed that that man is still among the living. <laughs> it really is pretty amazing. Uh, one or two more quick calls. Sean in West Virginia. Hey, Sean. Hello. How we doing? Hey, Sean. Hey, buddy. I got a just. A, I was at the Lexington concert. I just want to tell Tom you done an amazing job. Best show I've ever been to. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was just this past weekend. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks yep. for coming to the show. We had a good time yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did too. So, thank you. Oh, good, Sean. Glad you enjoyed it. And uh, how about we talk to... Uh, this is Dr. John, not the artist, I'm assuming, but uh, Dr. John in Philly. Hey, Don- hey, John. Yeah, hey, how are you? Great. Yeah, yeah, not not a jazz musician no. from the South, but uh, <laughs> a chiropractor from Philadelphia, if uh, Tom wants to recollect that. Um, Why, have you adjusted Tom before? No, I have not. I haven't had the pleasure to, but the offer is always there. Once uh, back in the day when you give out a business card, I gave him my card. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted his autograph on it. I had no other piece of paper for him to sign. I, Can you just sign this business card? And, of course, he said he wanted it in case he would ever have to call me one day. Well, I will have to look I'll have to look for that day. card for the next time we're coming to Philly in case I need an adjustment. No, Tom. Uh, no, no. I'm sure I no, have it. Now you just... You just hit me on Twitter now. That's all. So when I tweet you, you just get to tweet me back, and I'll show up wherever you're at. Yeah, alrighty. <laughs> well, I'll be at the Chester show, so looking forward to come, having you come back. Oh, cool. Yeah, and, we're looking. Uh, yeah, we had a great time there last year. So when they asked us back, we could not refuse. All right, Doc. The floor literally shakes when when you when you when you were playing that, that last time. I don't know if it's like that for every band, but when you're standing there 
watching the show. The floor actually is shaking. I don't know if that's like a let's, hurricane proof thing. Or no, what. no, no. Let's go with let's go with that. Only happens when Tom Kiefer's band when rocks Tom the Kiefer, house right. because that's me, how the kick ass they are. That that floor only shakes that, at that, that's that time. That's how kick ass our, our front of house that. engineer that is. Gonna is. <laughs> that sounds like gonna, three mile Kyle. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna give Kyle the credit. Let's on that. go with that. The building literally <laughs> shakes when Tom Kiefer rolls into town. Thank you for the call, Doctor John. Again, the new the way life goes deluxe edition is out on October 20th. I look forward to getting into this throughout the course of the week. Go to TomKiefer.com for tour dates as Tom is out there uh, playing and uh, his great band as well. Make sure you go check him out. Great to see you, okay? Great seeing you. And uh, good luck with this and uh, safe travels out there. Well, my thanks to Tom Kiefer for joining me on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. Remember, all those interviews are courtesy of my show on Sirius XM 106 Volume Trunk Nation, hear it live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Channel 106 Volume. It replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and is on demand as well on the Sirius XM app. Don't forget, i got a terrestrial radio show as well. All the social media outlets on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the website. Remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, start on my page, Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. Always start there. Appreciate you doing so. Check out some of the items that I handpicked for you. The Eddie Trunk Podcast is produced by Katie Irizarry. My thanks to her. I'll see you guys again next Thursday for another all-new episode. Have a great week, everybody. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sessions with Randy Jackson, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.